Welcome, listeners. This is Don Garlitz, host of the Be Wise podcast, sponsored by B-Swift. As an editorial note, this episode was recorded in late 2019, and since then, our special guest, Mike Simons, has experienced an exciting career advancement. At the time of our recording, Mike was the president and CEO of Unum US and has now been promoted to his current position as chief operating officer for Unum Group, where he now has responsibility for all U.S. and international operations, working to ensure the company builds on its nearly 200 years in business while expanding globally. Enjoy the show. Hello to our listeners. I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Be Wise, a podcast series sponsored by B-Swift, focused on business learning. In our first season, we're looking specifically at what has created success for top business leaders. This is your host, Don Garlitz, Senior Vice President of Partnerships with B-Swift. I'd like to welcome today's special guest, Mike Simons, who's the President and CEO of Unum US, one of uh, the nation's most successful insurance companies. Uh, Mike, welcome aboard today. Thanks, Don. Appreciate you having me. You bet. We're, we're glad to have you here. And uh, today we're going to be learning about success and what's generate success. That's our aim today. So I'd like to tell our listeners a little bit, Mike, about your background. I, I'll say you were educated at Bowdoin College and went to work for Unum back in 1994. Over the years, you've held uh, several different key positions at Unum, including chief operating officer and chief marketing officer and did leave the company for a time to go complete an MBA at Harvard and did some consulting work with McKinsey after that and then came back to Unum in 2004. So you've got a, a great background and were instrumental in helping lead the expansion of Unum into some lines of business you hadn't been in before, including voluntary and dental and vision. So some great leadership you've demonstrated there. I'd like to start with this today, Mike. You know, a colleague of mine and I were in your Portland, Maine office not too long ago, and I was impressed with the facility. You know, as we went into the building, there's a, a, a warm, inviting, open reception area, and as your Unum colleagues took us through a tour of the building, you know, we saw a great new cafeteria space, some open workspaces that accommodate uh, hoteling. There were some really cool spaces for ad hoc meetings, stuff like that. It just left me with a very inviting feeling. And I'd like to have you comment to our listeners, why did you do this remodel at the home office and what effect do you think that's had on your employees? Sure. So one is when you have a home office in Portland, Maine, uh, you've got to have something that's pretty attractive to get people to come all the way up to the <laughs> corner tip uh, of the country, particularly when it's not the summer, summer months. It gets harder and harder to attract people in. But in all seriousness, it's actually it's probably the best physical representation of a journey that we're on that goes beyond just the physical space. But we um, several years ago, we took a step back and said, we, we've really got to reorient ourselves around our clients. And what that meant was uh, coming out of uh, functional and siloed approaches because that's not how our clients experience us, right? So they don't think of us in terms of uh, step one, step two, step three with different people having different accountabilities. They just see us as unum um, and expect that we see sort of the relationship in total. So the physical representation is is uh, some pretty exhaustive remodeling, and it goes beyond Portland, Maine. It's it's really our our um, major operating centers across the U.S. We're almost through it, 
But the idea there was really actually to generate the kind of atmosphere and connectivity that uh, Donya highlighted in your visit. So uh, bright, uh, open space. Uh, people are encouraged to work um, in different spots on different days, so they're interacting with people differently. It's about uh, breaking the patterns that we all consciously or subconsciously establish, so we end up having a lot of the same conversations and seeing a lot of the same uh, people. We brought an element of fun, so we absolutely uh, have the required foosball and shuffleboard tables and things like that, uh, which is which is fun uh, because, let's face it, we spend a lot of time at work every day, so a, a little bit of levity is a good thing. But it's really been about the connectivity and the energy and making sure that those fortuitous intersections actually happen. And that's what we've experienced. I'd have to say there's... Um, you know, with any change, there's always going to be some things that are that you got to work through. So things like one thing I learned pretty quickly on is when you work in open space. I don't have an office anywhere, so I work differently. I've got a backpack, and when I'm in in one of our home office locations, I just work in a different spot every day. One thing I learned is you can't say hi to everybody you see as they pass your peripheral vision, or you can't actually get any work done. So you reestablish a few a few norms. But in general, it's been it's been great. It's uh, I have many more conversations that I would have, you know, stuck at the end of an executive wing. That's awesome. Yeah, that's such a cool influence. I think it's had on on your company so far, and uh, great job on that. You know, I, I want to learn a little bit more about Unum and the success you're having. But before we dive into that, I'd like to just go back in history a little bit with you and ask you kind of what's helped influence you as you've grown up in the business world. What I'd like to know, Mike, is what was your first job? What did you do, and what did you learn from that first job that you've kept with you over the years? It's a great question. So my first jobs, I mean, I, I did um, probably the normal uh, retail and restaurant work through high school, but my first, I'd say, real job was uh, right here at Unum. I, I worked my way through uh, college and put all my classes on Tuesday and Thursday and, and got my hours Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. And, you know, I uh, I learned a lot. You know, my first job here was I was an administrative assistant. I made sure that people got where they needed to be and had what they needed to be effective. And, you know, I learned a little bit about typing, so that turned out to be a really actually helpful asset. But probably most meaningfully what I learned was from the day that I joined the team as a temporary administrative assistant, I learned what it feels like to be treated like a full, important member of the team. And I remember the type of engagement uh, that that engendered in me. You know, that I, I certainly wasn't to it. I, I didn't bring a lot, particularly in that first six months or a year. But that's not how my team greeted me. That's not the leader that I had a chance to work with initially. She had a great sense of humor and, um, you know, made me feel important. And when the time came and I needed to work late in the night or come in on a weekend, I was actually more than happy to do that uh, because I felt like I was part of something bigger. And that's something, uh, working in that role, the next few roles that I had, um, and they happened to be at Unum, uh, that's something that has always stuck with me is the, the value of uh, being inclusive, pulling people in, and making them feel like they're they're part of something bigger. Well, I could certainly see that in the way that people behave and just the feeling we've had as we've been with your staff it's really trickled down that sense of 
customer service, that sense of making people feel included and important, I think is really something we felt off of the the folks that we've worked with at Unum. So I think you've really got something good going there. Let me just ask you about Unum specifically. What is, what's your outlook for growth with the company and how do you imagine your future at Unum? The outlook for, for growth is quite good, and you mentioned it a little bit, Dom, but we've been broadening out the, the businesses that we're in. So for a long time, Unum was really primarily focused on the disability and life business, and over time, we've grown that out into voluntary benefits. Uh, we made an acquisition of a company three or four years ago, Starmount uh, Life Insurance Company down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They are uh, Pure Play Dental Vision Company, and so we've been able to more than double the size of that business over the last couple of years as we brought that out through our distribution channels. We entered the medical stop-loss market recently, and and that's showing some really promising signs of growth. And then uh, our services business has actually been amongst the fastest-growing parts of Unum, so everything from managing short-term disability but leave management, uh, ADA management, helping support enrollment and benefit administration through outstanding partners like PSWIFT. This has been a big part of our growth, and as I look out, uh, a lot of our growth is coming uh, certainly from adding new clients, uh, but actually about two-thirds of all of our uh, new revenue comes from existing clients, and that takes us back to that strategy of really being focused on that client, making sure that we do a superb job taking care of them so that not only do they stay with us longer, but that also they they look to, when the time's right, uh, add benefits with Unum over time. That's that's fantastic. Now, Mike, I'm very interested, you know, as I rub shoulders with very successful people in this industry, I'm always interested to learn kind of what are some of those things that they've done on a personal level to really drive their own personal growth and success. What are some of the habits you think that have really contributed to your growth and development? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I, I think maybe on two levels, but uh, on the first one, it's um, – you know, some of the foundational elements. So I think things like the job can be quite demanding, so to travel quite a bit, taking care of yourself from a from a, both a physical but also a mental health perspective. So I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm pretty good about getting into a regular routine about exercise. Um, I just spent a fair amount of time during the day taking a couple of minutes out just to get uh, centered and get grounded, give my brain a little bit of a rest, I think those those things are small, but uh, when you can when you make them a habit and it's something you don't have to think about, it just it just sort of happens. That's proven to be really helpful for me. Family is why I do what I do. So one of the habits that I have is if no matter where I am in the U.S., if I can get home for dinner, even if it means flying back out the next day to the next city, I work really hard to be able to do that. And so that's kind of a fill my bucket kind of activity. And being close to family has been really, really helpful. So that's kind of level one, the foundational piece. And then how I show up, and, and uh, I'll warn your listeners in advance, this isn't breakthrough thinking by any stretch, but uh, humility is a very big one and a lesson that I've learned definitely the hard way um, from being a bit arrogant, particularly, which I think my coworkers um, and friends would say maybe I still struggle with from time to time, but hopefully I'm getting a little bit better. <laughs> and my little habit there, just a little trick is like, I ask a lot of questions, and I really am very cautious about how many declarative statements that I make, and that has really helped uh, quite a bit. Very often, even if I think I have, you know, a direction or a real strong point of view about something, 
by asking questions, I find you know people are often on the same page already, and they're going to reach that conclusion on their own, and then they feel much more like they own it. Um, and then, you know, not infrequently, they answer questions in ways I, I didn't expect, and it turns out they have a better or more interesting solution um, that I wouldn't have known if I had just sort of been quick to offer my opinion. So I'd say that's a big one. And so being humble, asking a lot of questions, you know, at least three for every one declarative statement. And then the other one is just taking time to connect with people. And it's just, you know, our business in particular is a people-oriented business, but I just think anywhere in whatever walk of life, taking the time to just uh, be courteous, connect with people in hallways, taking the time to pick up the phone and talk to people when, when you can do that instead of email. And when you can't, just being sure that you respond to emails, even if it's just, you know, acknowledging that you've received something or to say thank you. I'm a big uh, believer in that. So no, nothing that's too much of a breakthrough there, but those are some of the things that I've paid attention to. Yeah, those sound like really wonderful habits and they've borne some some great fruit for you so far. Now, another question that was on my mind about this is when I think about this industry, any industry, really the lifeblood of the industry is new blood coming into the industry. So there's you've got to have really good experienced people, but you've got to be bringing people up too. Why would you encourage a young person to join this industry at this point? Yeah, I could talk forever on this one, Don, so you could you could uh, <laughs> shut me off. But I, I feel like it's one of those things where the reputation just does not match the reality. You know, I, I, I joke about it all the time when I meet with folks that are new new to the business and ask them whether if it was preschool or kindergarten that they first realized they wanted to get into insurance. And of course, it always you know it always gets a chuckle because. Um, no one really ever thought to themselves, you know, the person to the left wants to be a doctor, the person to the right, you know, wants to be a scientist, and I really want to get into insurance. But, the, but they should. You know, that's the reality. They should uh, because it's a beautiful business. Um, it underpins, you know, whether it's employee benefits, whether it's the property and casualty side, whether it's, you know, health on the individual side. It underscores and enables so much of the things that are important and valuable to us in life. And I just think this idea of having an entire business built around trust, because at the end of the day, what we sell is promises. And so I think uh, just at its core, I think it's super important. And I think most people that do great work do great work because they're working on things that are important and that have meaning. And I think when it comes to what we do, that's very, very true. You know, we're a small piece of it, but at Unum we paid out about $8 billion in benefits last year. That's $8 billion that went to almost exclusively to people that are living paycheck to paycheck in the U.S. And something happens where they get hurt or they get sick or um, a family member does, uh, being there is really, um, it's motivating. So there's, there's the purpose of the work, but then it's just interesting, you know, and this be, you'd know something about this. If it's technology that's, that's exciting and, and, um, you know, engages you from an intellectual curiosity point of view, you know, our industry's going through, it's, it's finally come, you know, it's time to get, to get modern. There's disruption happening at every part of the value chain when it comes to employee benefits. So it's that. If it's about, Finance, you know, Unum's got about a $55 billion investment portfolio. So thinking about how you invest um, assets, how you make good risk return trade-offs, if it's people management, um, risk management, if it's taking care of customers, that really motivates you. Really across the board, inherent in this business, there's opportunities um, and career paths that are 
compelling and rewarding. So, yeah, I think it's a great business to get into. Yeah, I completely agree. I've been in it for a number of years, and uh, you put it well. It's a beautiful business. We sell promises. It's about trust. All, all those things, I think, really get to the heart of a meaningful uh, career and a meaningful experience. Now, I hear from one of your colleagues, Mike, that you're an avid reader. I would like to to learn a little bit about what you're reading recently and uh, what you've learned from, from that. Sure, sure. So um, I do. That is another one of my habits. I'm a, I'm a big reader. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest, like uh, I go through phases. So I went through a couple of years ago, I went through a long phase where I was reading mostly biographies. I'm sort of curious about people that um, that lead and, um, you know, folks that are pretty successful at it and then folks that aren't that successful. I've gone through a phase most recently about reading a lot of novels. So I can have a big uh, Hemingway guy. So Old Man in the Sea is a great one. That's a great story about uh, perseverance. But I would say uh, the, someone gave me actually a book that um, that's by uh, Steven Pinker, and it's called Enlightenment Now. And it really, it's uh, one of the things like people that know me really well know I'm a, I'm a bit of a numbers person, and so. It's basically um, a really well-researched and cited book that talks about the progress that we make across society. And the basic thesis of the book is that despite what you read and you see on Twitter and you listen to um, from the talking heads on on 24-hour news shows, that actually it's getting better and better to be a human, <laughs> which sounds like kind of a funny statement to oh, make, that's, right? That's a, that's, I get it. That's a, that's a great comment. It runs a little counter because, you know, the world's coming to an end and it, we never had it so good as the good old days. I mean, that's a very um, popular sort of mantra. And the reality is, and I think the book does a great job of breaking down, you know, really um, almost every dimension of success. If you think about are we progressing, are we becoming more successful as humans, uh, we do better. We do better in terms of the basic things like life expectancy, but also quality of life, the the entertainment, the connectivity, uh, what we can see of the world, all these things. That the reality is, is if you know, if you had a big a big plastic ball and in it you were and you spin that ball, and you don't know which family on what part of the planet you're going to get born into, the only thing that you can pick is what year. Always pick the latest year. You know, for the average person on the planet, it's a lot better today than it was 10 years ago, than it was 20 or 30 or 100 or 150 years ago. So I love the way that it uses um, a lot of data versus just a lot of hyperbole to make some pretty interesting points. I think it paints a point for optimism, but it also has a, a good key underlying message around the importance of progress and um, the importance of the scientific method. And if there was one sort of gray cloud on the horizon is just being sure that, you know, we don't get to a place where we start to, to distrust the sources of truth that are out there, you know, medical journals, when we start to disregard them uh, because we read it in our Facebook feed, that's pretty problematic. It's a long book. I don't know that I'd recommend a cover-to-cover -cover read for everybody, but even if you picked it up and read um, the, the first half of it, I think you'd find it pretty interesting. Fantastic. Thanks for the suggestion. Sounds like a, an amazing message that we could all take to heart. Um, well, I have one more question for you today, Mike, and that is, um, what keeps you up at night? 
Well, I have four boys, uh, but they uh, are ones on the other side of college, ones in college, ones in high school, and ones in middle school. So they, they sleep, actually, probably more than they, they should. When they were younger, I always would answer that question with my kids keep me up at night uh, yeah, when they're sick or what have you, but that's not really a problem anymore. You know, honestly, I sleep pretty well. I mean, I think the thing that probably keeps me up at night, honestly, is um, is the work. And it's not the worry about the work. It's, um, you know, get thinking about a, um, solving a problem or an opportunity. Like, my gears get grinding. And so I, I am, and, and like we were just talking about, I, I do think the industry that we're in and the business that we're in is a really inherently interesting one, and it's engaging, and... And that that kind of engagement doesn't stop when you walk out um, of the office or step off the plane at the end of a day. It kind of sticks with you a little bit, and sometimes that'll I'll continue to sort of think about something, mostly because it's exciting and I'm curious about it. But if I wake up in the middle of the night for some odd reason, and then my mind gets going on one of those one of those ideas, then that's usually what will definitely keep me up at night. And I've learned not to turn the light on and not to exit the room very quickly and quietly. My wife is not, not happy when I. That I can, I that that I can relate like, to. Like, like everything I've learned, Don, I have I have learned the hard way by doing stupid things. I just did the stupid things a little earlier than some others. Oh, I got you. I got you. Well, listen, this conversation, Mike, has been delightful. Thank you very much for your time. I would like to give our listeners a chance to learn a little bit more about Unum. How could they do that? Well, you can, they could definitely find out everything they would want to know from Unum.com. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. And to our listeners, again, we've, we've spent some time today with Mike Simons, the CEO of Unum US. And thank you again for your time, Mike. Thanks for having me, Don. Really appreciate it. That's a wrap for our episode today. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Be Wise wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and share with your friends and colleagues. I'm Don Garlitz, and on behalf of B Swift, thanks for listening to Be Wise.